We're going to be in Matthew chapter number four here this morning. And uh, we just started a new series on when Jesus says to, when Jesus says to do certain things out of his word. And uh, I tell you, I've already been challenged in uh, the reading of and studying of this message um, because I think the very essential things that we as believers in Christ are supposed to do or commanded to do, sometimes those are the things that we allow to fall through the cracks. Uh, we're the things that sometimes we look at and say, yeah, I know that's important, but I got all of this other, th all these other things that I have to do. And uh, the Lord really challenges us um, as uh, believers um, to make sure that we are following uh, his word. So the Lord tells us here uh, in his word to be making sure that we are following what he tells us to do. Because uh, as we looked at last week, remember, it's the Lord that told us and said, look, I have all authority. I have all power. I have all authority and power in heaven and in earth. And it's the Lord that we are following. Um, it's not just some crazy guy down the street. It's the Lord that we are following and what uh, he says to do here. So it's, uh, it's important for us to remember that and um, to know um, that the Lord uh, commands us and tells us uh, what to do. So we're going to be re begin reading here, Matthew chapter number 4, beginning in verse number 3. Uh, we'll read the, the verses here together. The Bible says, And the tempter came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. But he answered, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. So as we look here this morning, we're going to look at that first thing that the Lord tells us to do. Jesus says that we are to live by the word of God. Let's have a word of prayer together. Father, do thank you so much uh, for how you've worked in our lives, and thank you for uh, just your goodness and your love towards us. And I pray this morning as we look into your word that we will be determined to live by the word of God. And no doubt uh, many of us uh, may have known and had a relationship with you for several years. Um, maybe some of us have only had a relationship with you for a few years or just a short period of time. But Lord, you have commanded us, every single one of us that, that names the name of Christ to live by the word of God. Help us to look and see in your word exactly what that means and apply those things to our lives so that we might live in this world uh, as Christ followers uh, who are passionate about following you. We thank you. We love you. We ask all this in Christ's name. Amen. So we're going to look here, living by the word of God. And I don't think, yeah, it's not helping me this morning. That's okay. We'll go ahead and we'll just... Uh, Go ahead and continue through this here. So God's word here tells us that we need to live by the word of God. Now, why should we do that? Why should we live by the word of God? Well, I think it's because in this time and age that we live in, we think that, hey, I have things sometimes figured out. Um, we know that God knows ourselves. He knows us better than we know ourselves. But we are to be living by the word of God. Now I want you to think about this, okay? As we live in this life, 
We encounter storms. We encounter desert places. We encounter difficulties. And God wants to give us substance in order to direct our lives. He wants to give us something that's a sure footing, something that's an anchor for our soul, something that is able to guide us and direct our lives. And that's why Jesus says here, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. So we are to live by the word of God. So let's explore here a few things here. Now notice in the scriptures here, he says here in verse number four, he says, but he answered, and notice these quotation marks in your Bible. It says, Jesus says, it is written. It is written. Man should not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. So is Jesus here, obviously he's quoting a scripture. Now, as you study God's word, um, if you spend time studying it and you look through his word and you see times when uh, maybe the prophets or sometimes the apostles or even in this case, Christ is quoting an Old Testament passage or another prophet or a psalm, look that up. Find out where that is because sometimes it'll shed a lot of light on the current situation of what Christ was talking about. So we find here where this was, comes from is out of the book of Deuteronomy in Deuteronomy chapter number 8. And Moses here is recalling what was going on about the children of Israel, how they were wandering in the desert. Remember, they spent 40 years in the desert because of their grumbling and complaining and unfaith. They didn't have faith to go into the promised land. God caused them to wander in the desert for 40 days, for 40 years. That'd be quite different there, 40 days, 40 years, right? So they're wandering in the desert the wilderness for 40 years. And as they are wandering, look what the Bible says here. Um, Moses recounts what takes place in verse number two. He says, and you shall remember the whole way that the Lord your God has led you these 40 years in the wilderness that he might humble you, testing you to know what was in your heart, whether you would keep his commandments or not. And he humbled you and let you hunger and fed you with manna, which you did not know, nor did your fathers know, that he might make you know that man does not live by bread alone, but man lives by every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. So here they are, they're in the wilderness, they're wandering, and they didn't have any food. They started to complain. God sends them food. They said, man, we don't have bread to eat. And God says, you know what? I'm going to do something special. I'm not just going to give you bread. I am going to give you manna, something from heaven, something that's going to be able to sustain you. And Moses recounts the story being led by God, and it was in the wilderness for 40 years. And he said it was for this purpose. It was to humble them. And it was to test them if they would live by faith. He says, I'm testing you if you would follow my commandments, if these things were going to be in your heart. So knowing the background of these few verses here, we go back to Matthew chapter 4. And it's interesting because the Lord here, where is he? He's in the wilderness. He has fasted for 40 days. And here he is, and he's hungry. And who shows up? the tempter. And he's knowing, knowing that he's hungry, he says, hey, if, if you're really the son of God, 
you command these stones that they be made bread. And Jesus recalls that Old Testament passage and says, man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. So knowing these verses, this teaches us a very important truth. What is that truth? Well, the truth is that we don't live by bread alone. There is more to this life than just the physical. Jesus is trying to show us and put us into a position that it's not just about the physical, but there is a higher life. There's more of kingdom living. We are supposed to be living for the spiritual. Jesus didn't say that bread wasn't important because bread is important. How many of you had breakfast this morning? Okay. How many of you are going to have lunch? Praise God. Yes, absolutely. So bread is important. Jesus was not negating that fact. But he's saying there's something more important than just the physical of this life. And he says that's the spiritual. That's the higher living, the higher life. And that is to live by the word of God. It is living by the word of God that allows us to experience the life of the spiritual rather than the physical. As the children of Israel were in the desert, their bread had failed. And God chose to give them manna from heaven. This was something unknown to them and even to their fathers, as he told them. Their every need was supplied. So here's my question for myself. Will I obey, live by the word of God or not? Will I choose to pursue the higher spiritual life? Let's take a note of a few things here about living by the word here in Matthew chapter number four. First of all, we live by the word for our spiritual nourishment. We live by the word for our spiritual nourishment. Notice the text here. As Jesus was being tempted, okay? As Jesus was being tempted in verse number four, he had a need. He was hungry. He had not eaten for 40 days. And he had a real physical need. And in the moment of his physical weakness, he was tempted. Jesus reminded Satan, and it's a reminder to us, that man does not live by bread alone. We live by the word of God. The word is our spiritual nourishment. It is our guide. It is our help. It is what we need. We don't just live this life in the physical, but the higher life, the spiritual life. The Lord knows exactly what we need. He knows that our souls are hungry. He knows that we try everything in this world to satisfy the longing that is within, deep within us. And he knows what we need. So here's the question. Why do we run around all over the world trying to satisfy a spiritual hunger when it's right here that is the only thing that can satisfy us? Man does not live by bread alone. The word of God is our source of nourishment. You know, we learn that human life does not depend exclusively on the known and the seen, the touched and tasted and handled, but, the, but on the word, the sovereign word of God. Bread sustains life, but we have a higher life. We need to sustain our spiritual inner man, 
the word of God is capable of doing that. Listen to some of these verses. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse number 2. Paul says, like newborn infants long for the pure spiritual milk that by it you may grow up into salvation. You know, we have a few babies here, one on the way. And you know, you think that child, that, that infant, you can set a nice big cut, a juicy beef right in front of that infant, and guess what? It's not going to want it. It wants milk. That's the only thing that's going to satisfy that infant. That's the only thing that will bring nourishment to that infant. And I think so many times we go looking for big cuts of juicy beef in the world, and they're not going to satisfy they're just going to bring ash in our mouth. Nothing will satisfy like God's word. It is a spiritual nourishment to our soul. In 1 Timothy 4, 6, Paul says, Nourished on the truths of the faith and of the good teaching that you have followed. In John 6, 63, Jesus says, It is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words which I have spoken to you are spirit and are life. And I think it's important to note that Jesus says that we are not to live, not just by some words. Look at the text here. He says, but by what? Every word. You know, it's a sad thing in our society today that we have churches, that we may have uh, followers of Christ that choose certain parts of God's word to live by. God says we don't get to pick and choose. He says, but by every word we are to live by. You know, as we read through God's word, there are things that are hard and difficult. There are things that we do not like. But Jesus says, these are for our nourishment. You know, for those of you that have children or had children, you remember all the times that you began feeding your child. And as you began feeding them and offering them certain things, you knew that they were good for them. But what did they do sometimes? Right? spit it out. They didn't want it. But you knew as a father, as a mother, that this was going to be good for them. It was nourishing for them. But we didn't want it. I remember when I was a youth pastor, we took some teens uh, to go help a new church plant. And as we were traveling, we went up to, uh, let's see, it was in Pennsylvania, up near Pittsburgh area. It was in Cranberry. Uh, there was a guy there that I went to college with and he was starting a church. So we went out there to help him pass out some information and stuff like that. Well, we took some teens with us and there was one teen that we took and he would not eat anything, only certain foods. So we went to, where was it? I think it was a Denny's or something after we spent pretty much all day passing stuff out. And we're thinking, okay, we need to eat healthy, we need to eat good things. This kid got chocolate chip pancakes with hot fudge syrup. <laughs> and he ate that. Then for dessert, I mean, it was like, yikes, you're eating this? This is not good for you. There was no nourishment there. And you know, the world has so many attractions and allurements that we get drawn to. But God's word says, we don't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. 
It's for our soul nourishment. God knows what we need for our lives. So it's important to understand that if we are going to live by the word of God, and Jesus says we need to live by the word of God, then it's for our own good. It's for our soul nourishment. We must take heed to the parts of God's word that are uncomfortable and unpopular. Because as we continue to stand for Christ, the world is going to continue to move farther and farther and farther away. But we need to stay constant on the word of God, using it as our guide, using it for our soul nourishment. Because the Lord knows that we need that for our souls. So it's good for our soul nourishment. Secondly, there's another thing here that we find. Not only is the word a source of nourishment, but we also live by the word for our source of faith. Look at the scripture again. Notice here in verse number three, it says, And the tempter came. The tempter always comes. He doesn't take a day off. He is always at work. If he's not there, he's going to send somebody else. He's going to send one of his co-workers. And he comes. The tempter always comes. And the tempter came to Christ at the moment of his weakest physical time. He was hungry. Notice what the tempter says here, because these words are very important. Notice this one single word. The tempter came and said to him, what? If. If. His words haven't changed ever since the beginning of time. Remember back in the garden, he came to Eve. What did he say? If. <laughs> those, those words are so damaging to us as believers. Because sometimes the tempter comes at the moment of our weakest time. The Bible says that he walks around about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. You ever watch National Geographic and you see like, In the jungle, the lion and the lamb will meet. You know, and here comes, you know, here comes the lion and it, that poor helpless little antelope or gazelle. And, you know, it's trying to outrun and... Here comes the lion and, right, takes a hold of him, rips out his jugular, and man, it's just blood going everywhere. And, yeah, sorry, this, this isn't PG this morning. But, uh, you know, the Bible says that Satan is a roaring lion. He's seeking whom he may devour. And the tempter came to Christ, and he says, if... You remember John the Baptist? I mean, John was preaching with passion, with power. He said, prepare the way of the Lord. He says, here's the, here's the Lamb of God which takes away the sin of the world. And then John was cast into prison. And he started to doubt, didn't he? Tempter probably came to him and said, John, if uh, that was really Jesus, would you be here in prison? Hmm. What did John do? Boy, he sent word to the disciples. He says, is that really Jesus? Or should we be looking for somebody else? There was a temptation there. There was a doubt. And Satan does that to us. But if we live by the word of God, it is our source of faith. Now notice this. I've heard, sure, many of us have heard plenty messages on using the word of God to stand true. And yes, I agree with all that. But notice this, we must not take focus off Jesus Christ here in this passage. Because as Jesus here, it says, the tempter came and said to him, if you are the son of God, command these stones to become 
loaves of bread. Jesus' temptations were real. They didn't come from within like ours do. Where did they come from? From without. Jesus was the Son of God. He was without sin. He never sinned. He was pure, holy, and blameless. He had no sin in Him whatsoever. But the temptations were real. He hungered as we did. He had all, all of our natural longings for food, for rest, for other objects of human desire. The tempter harassed him. He felt the appetite. He had a rising desire inside of his stomach. I mean, couldn't you imagine? Here's the scene. Here's Christ. And maybe there was lots of stones around. And the tempter says, you're hungry, aren't you? Don't those stones look good? You can make those into bread if you really wanted to. You know you could. Come on, you could do it. And he harassed him. And I could just imagine Christ as being in the flesh. His stomach began to... Oh, man, I am so hungry. I am so hungry. The temptations were real. But he overcame Satan for us. The word if here, it brings doubt. It allows our imaginations to run wild. It allows us to think opposite from the word of God. And it brings us to a place where we look to the physical more than the spiritual. And it shakes our faith in our confidence in Christ and the truthfulness of his word in the goodness of his love. And according to the text, we live by the word for the source of our faith. We must understand that Jesus Christ was tempted just like us. And this was part of his humiliation. This was, this was part of his suffering. It was in this temptation that he learned while in his sinless human nature, the bitter trials of temptation, that we might have the help of His grace and His mercy in the greatest need of our temptation. How? By living by the Word of God. It was necessary for Christ to be tempted during this time because it was for our salvation. Can you imagine if Christ had sinned? He couldn't have, but if he, could have, if he did sin, what that would have done? He couldn't have not went to the cross for us. He, he could not have paid the debt for our sin. Because there had to be a sinless sacrifice for a sinful, fallen human world. And Christ endured the temptation for us. Christ was sent to conquer that sin that came into the world. The scripture tells us, as in Adam all died, even so in Christ might all be made alive. Now watch this. If we are abiding, notice the verse, but he answered, it is written, man should not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. If we are his and He is abiding in us, and we are in Him, then His victory is ours. In the strength of His victory, we overcome the same enemy, the tempter. The scripture tells us, God giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. We live by the word for our source of faith. 
And so in the moments and the times of great temptation and trials and difficulties in our life, we look towards Christ, the living word, for the source of our faith. And as we abide in him and live in him and dwell with him and in his word, he gives us the victory to overcome temptations in our life. We look to our Savior Jesus Christ who is the source of our faith, as the sustainer of our faith, and the only one who endured the cross that he might grant us salvation and free us from our sin. I want you to notice a third thing about this. In order for us to live by the word, it is the guidance in all spiritual matters. Notice the text again. Look what it says here. He says, but he answered, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from where? The mouth of God. 2 Timothy 3.16 tells us that all scripture is God-breathed, it's inspired. In other words, a perfect God is going to give us a perfect book without any errors in it whatsoever. And so, as we live by the word, it is our guide for all spiritual matters of life. And Jesus here says that we don't live by bread. We don't just live for the physical, but we are living for the higher life, the spiritual life. And he says this is our source for guidance in spiritual matters. You know, obviously God is concerned about the physical needs that we have. I mean, he gives us food to eat. Is anybody in here worried right now about what they're going to eat in a few minutes? Nobody really, right? I can remember going to church when I was younger. Um, my parents, they used to fight about where they were going to go eat. What's up with that? Do you want a hamburger? No, I hate hamburgers. Do you want a hot dog? No, I hate hot dogs. Do you want Mexican food? No, I hate Mexican food. You want to go home and cook? No, I can't go home and cook. I mean, it was, it was crazy. But God is concerned about our physical needs. He knows that we need food, and he gives us food to eat. He gives us clothes to wear, and he gives us roofs over our heads. He is concerned about the essential needs of our lives. Because he is our father and he cares for us. The Bible tells us he clothes the lilies of the field. And he's able to clothe us as well. He knows about the sparrow that falls in the wilderness. And he knows how many hairs are numbered on our heads. So the Lord cares about our physical needs. But God wants us to be concerned not with the physical, but with kingdom living. This is the living for the next life. This is living for eternity. Jesus gave us this great example of how to navigate life. That it was not to be concerned with the physical, the bread alone. Remember the children of Israel, they're wandering in the wilderness. Where was God leading them? To the promised land. But what were they concerned about? Bread. Their shoes. Whether or not they could go fight those giants. God says, I have more important things for your life than just the physical things. He says, I want to bring you from the physical to the higher life.
to be concerned about that. Life is too great a gift to be merely supported by outward physical things. God ordains and orchestrates every event in our life. Notice the scripture here in Matthew chapter number four, because I love this. The tempter comes, but who was it that led Jesus into the wilderness? The spirit. Could it be that you lost that job for a reason? Could it be that that certain financial situation came into your life for a reason? Could it be that there was sickness? Could it be that there was devastation? Could it be that certain things happened in your life for a reason? Because God is ordaining and orchestrating everything in our lives so that we are not dependent upon bread alone. And we come to him and say, God, I know you have something greater for my life than just bread. I want to live the higher life. I want to live kingdom living. I want to find source and substance in your word that we live by not bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. It is the word of God that gives us guidance for spiritual matters. God's word is a spiritual book for spiritual people. We are to live by the word. We are to read it. We are to meditate on it. We are to obey it. We are to believe it. And we are to practice it. The words that come from God's mouth is the food for our souls. His words are the safety of our hearts. And his word is living and powerful. It liveth and it abides forever. So how about us? Do we truly live by the word of God? Now, this is a very challenging thing for me because you look at me and you say, yeah, you're an elder. You're an elder pastor. You have to live by the word of God. But do I live by the word of God? This is a challenge to all of us who proclaim the name of Christ. Do we live by the word of God? Or are we only living for the physical substance of this world. Let's pray together. Father, do thank you so much for your word. Help us. God, I need help to live by your word. God, you have called us to a, a higher spiritual life, more than the physical, more than just things that we can taste and touch and handle. God, you call us to live by your word. Help us to do that. God, help us to rely upon your word for every need in our lives. There's so many things, and I know that might be going on in people's hearts here this morning, Father, and you know what they need. You know that they need your word. They need the source of your word. They need the, the spiritual food for your word, from your word. They need the, the spiritual guidance from your word. And God, I pray that you create a deep longing, hunger, and passion for your word inside. That they will not look towards the physical, the, the bread. And God, that they would desire the spiritual. 
thank you so much for what you said in your word to live by your word. We ask all this in your name. Amen.